for Thursday, June 10th, 2021. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the idea that the coronavirus accidentally leaked from a research lab in China is pretty far-fetched. This would have meant that the scientists actually already had SARS-CoV-2 in their lab and were growing it, and that they had zero record of it. Carl Zimmer, a science columnist for the New York Times, joins me to discuss the theory which some scientists say is worth investigating. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. We still don't know the exact origins of SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. Recently, there's been more attention paid to the idea of a so-called lab leak, That's the idea that SARS-CoV-2 might have accidentally escaped from a Chinese research lab. Carl Zimmer, a science columnist for The New York Times, has been tracking the evolution of that idea, and he's with me now for more. Carl, thanks for talking with me. Sure thing. We're going to be talking a lot today about the lab leak theory. Tell me what exactly it is. What people are referring to as a lab leak theory, generally what they mean is that uh, this coronavirus that caused COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, was already in a laboratory in Wuhan, China. It was being grown there and that somebody got sick from it. There was some sort of accident where someone was exposed and then that's the source of the whole pandemic. So that in a nutshell is what the lab leak theory is. Uh, Whether it's true or not is another question. When and how did this theory kind of start to bubble up? We've been dealing with this pandemic for 18 months now. So kind of when in that timeline? I think that um, an idea of a lab leak was sort of on the table for a long time. But, you know, a lot of scientists generally found it unlikely for a lot of different reasons. The reason it was on the table is simply because We know that sometimes viruses get out of labs. And so, you know, it's not like that sort of thing has never happened before. But, you know, it's a little bit like saying, well, maybe this person killed this other person because other people have murdered people before. It's not really that compelling. You then have to actually go and find positive evidence that uh, something actually leaked out of a lab. Well, sure. And and the predominant theory over the course of the pandemic is for uh, kind of an animal source of SARS-CoV-2. Certainly when I talk to a lot of scientists, uh, a lot of experts on emerging viruses, uh, many of them 
favor very strongly the idea that somewhere along the line, this virus jumped from an animal to a person, because we know that that is how viruses uh, spill over, over and over again. There are some scientists who feel that we just haven't even begun to do the real serious work of trying to figure out the actual origins of SARS-CoV-2. So, you know, we can't even dismiss or embrace any of these plausible op- possibilities. So this idea of a lab leak has been kind of on the table from the start. Were there any people who, who took this seriously, whether in the scientific world or, or not? Because this is an idea that I feel like over the last year, it, at least in the general public, is maybe at first it was kind of dismissed as a little conspiratorial. Well, I think that there were a lot of things happening all at once. So there were certainly scientists who said, well, you know, we, we can't rule out a lab leak. There are other people who said, well, wait a minute, you would be implying a whole elaborate set of circumstances in order for that to have happened. So remember, like this would have meant that these scientists actually already had SARS-CoV-2 in their lab and were growing it and that they have zero record of it. I mean, it's you'd have to explain things like that. If you, and then if you add into this all of the politics, well, it gets far more complicated. You know, the Trump administration uh, had a lot of people who were very much anti-China. And so there was a lot of uh, sort of anti-China rhetoric that was mixed in with things. The Chinese government was certainly being unhelpful in terms of understanding the early days of the pandemic. And then you add on top of all of this that there was a claim that uh, people like Steve Bannon were pushing that this was not just a lab leak, but that this was actually biological warfare, that this was an engineered virus, that it was created to cause destruction, which no scientist that I know of uh, thinks has any plausibility at all. It was around this time last year, Carl, that the WHO actually started looking pretty intensely at the origins of SARS-CoV-2 with the goal of kind of trying to figure out where this actually came from. This this is part of this story too, right? Because as you mentioned, China wasn't being very cooperative with international efforts to really figure out where it originated. Well, the question of where this virus came from was being asked from the earliest days in January 2020 when the world started to realize just what a terrifying thing we were up against. And, you know, the the WHO was trying to gather information about that. And, you know, WHO is not some sort of uh, uh, military organization or a law organization. It's a health organization which works with member countries. So they were going to China and trying to get information from them. And, you know, reporting from the New York Times and elsewhere has shown that, you know, China was holding a lot of things back. And, you know, they've done that before. With the SARS outbreak uh, in 2002, you know, they were keeping things very quiet. So this is this is a common pattern. Now, over the, the year since the, the pandemic started, there was more and more work trying to figure out, well, where did this thing come from? And eventually, um, there was enough pressure to led to this March 2021 trip uh, to China. Well, and, and, and tell me more about that. Well, there were uh, representatives from the WHO, which were then working with Chinese scientists. And in the end, they came out with a report over 300 pages long, 
which had a lot of information in it um, about the nature of the virus, about some of the early medical cases, about there are animal markets in Wuhan. And, you know, one idea is that maybe one of those animals or a few of those animals were carrying this coronavirus. So there, there was a lot of information there, but certainly for scientists who had been thinking that we need to at least take the lab leak theory seriously as a plausible explanation, they were dissatisfied because the WHO report brushed away the lab leak hypothesis as very unlikely while presenting very little evidence, they felt. And even after that, you know, the director of WHO said, well, we've got to do more research. This is not enough. Uh, the Biden administration was immediately saying, we need more information. Other countries are saying that as well. So, you know, the WHO is going to be having sort of a second stage of investigating what happened. And really, I mean, everybody uh, who studies these kinds of viruses is, is all for that. You know, if, if it, as many suspect, it did come from some spillover, some exposure of a person to a bat, well, it's going to take a lot of work to gather clues to figure out where that happened, uh, what population of bats it was from, what other viruses have that potential to spill over. So, you know, you, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to want to get to the bottom of this. A number of members of the scientific community recently published a letter in science calling for deeper investigation into this. My understanding is kind of their concern is is the lack of having found a smoking gun, the actual kind of spillover point. Do I have that right? Well, some people have said, well, if this came from uh, some bat somewhere, then you should have already found the virus in the wild. And that is a ridiculous suggestion, honestly. Um, if you look at the history of research on where new diseases have come from, it takes a long time. When you're dealing with bats, for example, there are a lot of bats around. <laughs> uh, you know, if for SARS, for example, it took about a decade to find coronaviruses that had some really strong uh, resemblances to the coronavirus that caused SARS. It took a lot of work, and this is going to take a lot of work, too. And people think like, oh, it must have been in some one, we must know where it is already. Well, we don't, actually. Um, there's been a lot of uh, chatter about one mine in, uh, in China where some coronaviruses were found. But the fact is that when you talk to scientists who study the origin of these viruses, um, it could have originated across a range of thousands of miles across China and across Southeast Asia. We don't know where it came from. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead talking today with Carl Zimmer, a science columnist for The New York Times, about the evolution of the so-called lab leak theory. The idea that SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus that causes COVID-19, accidentally leaked from a Chinese research lab. Talk to me a little bit more about this call from the Biden administration uh, for the intelligence community to dig up more about the origins of, of SARS-CoV-2. So Biden has asked for the national intelligence community to double down uh, and deliver him some reports in 90 days. He wasn't really clear about what kind of intelligence they're going to be able to give him because this is not the kind of thing that I would think spies would be particularly good at getting to the bottom of. You actually need public health experts and virologists and so on. And you actually, the fact is, you know, you need access to 
medical records from Wuhan hospitals. You need access to samples uh, that are taken from patients who were sick that fall. You need access to caves and mines in China. And, you know, you're not going to get that sneaking around uh, as a spy. You actually have to have some sort of collaboration with China. Now, China has not been showing much interest in that kind of collaboration, but I don't see how um, you can wave a magic wand and have intelligence services find all that information for you instead. What was your reaction to, to seeing that call from, from the Biden administration? It seems like such a stark contrast to the previous administration uh, and, and their kind of take on where the coronavirus came from. It seems like, you know, the Biden administration is taking a tough stand on China, but um, they're certainly not um, using it for uh, the kind of uh, political ends that Trump was when he would constantly refer to, you know, the China virus or the Wuhan virus or his administration referred to as Kung flu. I mean, basically, you know, verging on on some really offensive terms. So, you know, it, clearly, you know, China is not is not going to be able to expect some sort of pass from the Biden administration. And from the scientists that you've been speaking to about this push from the Biden administration, 90 days is, is kind of a, it seems like a short timeline. Um, are they expecting any kind of conclusive results in that period or even at all? Well, some reporting from my colleagues at the New York Times indicates that um, even within the intelligence community, they don't think that they're going to be able to get that kind of definitive information in 90 days. So I imagine that the intelligence communities will just tell Biden what they've learned in 90 days and then just and then go back to work. How important is it to know the specific pathway that this virus took to get from wherever it came from into humans? Well, you know, knowledge is always a good thing when you're trying to figure out how to fight an enemy, especially an enemy as devastating as emerging viruses. But on the other hand, you know, that we do know enough about viruses that um, there are things that we can already do to uh, deal with the general problem of emerging viruses and pandemics. Most importantly, we need to find a way to reduce spillovers. In places like China or all around the world, you know, we are moving deeper and deeper into wild habitat where we're making contact more and more with species that carry lots of viruses. Um, you know, every animal has lots of viruses. And um, we're putting ourselves in a situation where exposure is more and more likely, and we live on a crowded planet with airplanes, so these viruses can shoot around the world quite quickly. So we need to understand in general how pandemics originate and work on reducing those and also have tools for stopping them early. You know, have a ha- develop new kinds of antivirals, new kinds of vaccines in advance of the next pandemic. Lab leaks are never a good thing, and uh, you know there have been lots of scientists who all over the world who have been arguing for years that we're not being careful enough and not doing enough to reduce the risks of lab leaks in general. So there's nothing wrong with going ahead with making uh, labs more safe. Have you considered at all what what could happen if this is in fact uh, found to be the origin of this virus? I would imagine there are a lot of people who, over the course of the year, um, who maybe are more conspiratorially minded, who are going to feel confirmed um, if this is, in fact, found to be the origin. You know, I'm going to not comment on these sort of hypotheticals because they are just, 
you know, so uh, politically charged, as you say. I, I don't I don't think it's it would be responsible to do that. Well, and, and, and I ask that, Carl, because I, I think that, you know, part of the challenge of being a reporter covering the coronavirus and covering this pandemic is that the situation is so fluid. And I think this is a great example of how an idea that very early on in the pandemic might have seemed um, like kind of an outlier has maybe uh, moved more and more um, into kind of the common discourse. So for, for, for how would you maybe say the common person, the average person who maybe is not as read in as you should think about this as as a true possibility when when maybe a year ago they would have dismissed it out of hand as kind of crazy talk? I don't think that people were dismissing a lab leak uh, as crazy talk. I think that what was being dismissed as crazy talk, if you go back and look at, say, you know, there was a paper in March 2020, what was being dismissed as crazy talk was this idea that it was an engineered bioweapon. So we got to keep these things clear. So there were certainly people who were saying like, well, maybe it's a lab leak, but I doubt it. That was the kind of level uh, of, of discourse that I certainly was encountering then. And since you know, there was so much prior evidence of how viruses spread since, you know, Wuhan has has these huge animal markets. We know that SARS was in animal markets, that people were leaning in that direction. You know, I talked to one researcher who studies the origin of, of viruses in bats uh, in, in Africa, and he was saying, look, you know, I go to these sites and I just get like bats just poop on my head, you know, like it's just it's not hard to get exposed to a bat in certain places and to zero in on on one particular lab and say, oh, aha, this must be the place to them. It just seemed very unlikely. Uh, and as I said, they were saying, well, you know, it, it would have to involve all these all these other issues. Now, that being said, there were other scientists um, who thought that the lab leak hypothesis was being dismissed. And actually, you know, quite recently, uh, in the past few weeks, they published a letter in Science saying, you know, we just don't have enough evidence to go either way. Now, I talked to some of the people who published this very influential letter, and, you know, some of them said, look, look, I think it was a natural origin. That's what I think. But I just think we need to explore these possibilities. Do you think that this is the kind of question that's been at least publicly so tainted by politics that it'll never be able to kind of shake that? Uh, maybe I'm an optimist. I, you know, the the nice thing about science is that um, it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> whether you want something to be true or not. Uh, the science is still there, and uh, when, if people keep working at it and keep being transparent about information, and uh, that you know things do emerge. Take HIV for example. HIV in the 80s seemed to pop out of nowhere, and there were all sorts of conspiracy theories that it was invented by the CIA. We know that's wrong. What we know is that HIV emerged a century ago from chimpanzees and monkeys in very particular parts uh, of Central Africa, in Cameroon, for example. We know exactly where it came from, and we have a good idea of how hunting led to that spillover. That's what science can do for us, and, and we can get past those conspiracy theories. Carl Zimmer is a science columnist for The New York Times. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at 
Wash Your Hands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary, but when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate and thanks.